You're listening to Ants Talk. At the age of 44, Suzanne Razak had suffered two strokes, had asthma, and at nearly 300 pounds, which for us Australians, 136 kilos, was morbidly obese. She was literally at death's door when she realised she had to take her life back and take care of her weight. Welcome to the show to tell us all about her journey. Suzanne, how are you? I am great. Thank Thank you you. so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for coming on to the show. I really resonate with your story because I actually know several people myself that have been through this journey. And I think we all struggle with it sometimes in our lives, some more so than others, but it definitely is a huge issue. So I think it's a really good subject for us to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Weight is something that weighs on all of us um, throughout our lives, pretty much as soon as adulthood hits. Very, very true. So Suzanne, can you tell us what was, um, how did it all start for you? Well, believe it or not, I was really fit and healthy growing up. I actually played lacrosse for England. I was a fitness instructor and I was super fit. But I had a big change in my life. I moved from England to America. And it was a cultural shock for me. Mm. The work ethic, the food, everything was such a shock being a newlywed without many friends and it took a toll on me it was such a cultural shock i would start comforting myself with food Mm. and so i just started eating and anyone who's been in the us where i'm based now will know the food's a little different and it affected my body in a way that i'd never experienced i just packed the pounds on Mm. packed them on packed them on and I just couldn't get rid of them. It's funny how life's, you know, life changes really do that to you because I was the same. I used to run 10 kilometers every single day without fail. And then wow. I would go and do an hour of yoga. I would do weights and I literally lived on tuna salad. Um, and then I met my husband, moved to Adelaide. And I must say the same thing happened, just started eating, once you get into a relationship that you're really comfortable with, you eat a little bit more, you share the chocolate bars, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then funny enough, just through circumstance, certain things happened. I broke my ankle, blah, 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 blah. So therefore I piled on the weight too. Thankfully, I've been able to level things out and get back to exercising and, and that again, I'm not running anymore. I think it's actually derogatory to my body. So I've, I've, put that aside but I'm still keeping fit by walking and doing weights and I think it's it's really important that people just don't get down on themselves if if this is happening for you also look at your surroundings and what's happening in your life because there probably is an answer there for you rather than worrying about the food issue and the not exercise because really it's always stemming from something that's absolutely right I totally agree and what you were saying about being in a relationship I've been married to my husband for 21 years now. So we're happily married. And sometimes when you put the weight on, it's because of a happy situation. Whereas a lot of people think it's just negative and it's not. Sometimes you're so comfortable with the person and they love you no matter what, no matter what happens to your weight. Mm. 
And so you then tend to be able to put weight on much quicker. So it can be happy fat initially. But the problem with me is that that triggered a thyroid problem. It triggered an asthma problem. And then because of those problems, that made it even more difficult to lose the weight, Mm. trying to diet. I could diet, I could exercise, but now I had these new health problems that came with the weight that made losing weight much more difficult. Yeah, the thyroid issue is really a big one. Is yours underactive? It was underactive, yeah. yeah. Because I've got the same, I've actually got Hashimoto's. So it definitely, I mean, anyone that is feeling like they're not losing weight and they're exercising and, and doing all the right things or whether you just all of a sudden feel really tired of all of a sudden, go and get your a thyroid checked. I think everyone should anyway, because seriously, it's amazing how prevalent it is in society. I mean, I know so many people that have got, you know, either underactive, overactive or like me, Hashimoto's. Absolutely. I totally agree. I wish it was part of the physical that people have annually, um, including in children. And just, you know, seeing the fluctuations in your thyroid throughout your life, you're Mm -hmm. probably going to have some fluctuation at some point. And it's a crucial part to the weight loss program. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So what was the worst moment for you? So The worst moment actually came just three years ago. Uh, Anybody who knows body dysmorphia is, knows you don't see how fat you're getting. (laughs) Even though you know you've put on weight, of course, because I put on weight, I avoided photographs. Mm. So I didn't have photographs to look at and think, ooh, I've gone really fat. And when you look down on yourself, you're looking at your waist. So you don't realize how fat you've got. So. Three years ago, I went to a really posh party and all the seats were taken. And the host who was very gracious in this absolutely beautiful mansion said, oh, I've got a couple of folding chairs in the garage. I'm gonna go get them for you. So this was an outdoor barbecue. So he went to get the two chairs for my husband and me and he unfolded them And my husband sat down, he'd gotten us some drinks. My husband handed me my drink and I sat down on the chair in front of about 80 people. And I broke the chair. Mm. It was so humiliating. And that's when I knew things had just gotten out of control. Yeah, that would be quite embarrassing, quite embarrassing. It could have been the chair too, but it's 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 <laughs> it is good that it was it was an awakening for you because i think that that's important that we do get those signs because it was the same with me i i literally got to the biggest like the highest weight i've ever been in my life in this period um and it's i think it's different for men and women because physically looking at our bodies downwards we only really get to see our stomachs where you guys have got breasts and then you've got your stomach and also you don't have that little thing at the front. (laughs) So with with guys, that's when you sort of know when you can't see that little thing in front anymore, it's time to lose weight. (laughs) Yes, yes. So 
absolutely true. And so from that night, I, I made a commitment. I'm going to exercise vigorously. I'm going to diet. And so I started exercising vigorously. But unfortunately, because I was so big, I actually had a stroke. And then following that, I had another stroke. So I had two strokes back to back. Wow. And my doctor said to me, if you want to be around for your daughter's graduation, which is five years away, you have to take control of your weight. And that's when I had to make a big decision about what to do about my weight. Because mm. I know that you've tried every diet. You did the various weight loss pills, exercise programs, weight loss programs. You went to the gym, you swam, you had a personal trainer, acupuncture, hypnosis. Why do you think none of that worked? So, yes, I definitely tried everything. And I really think the reason it didn't work is a combination of my health problems that came with the weight, things that became almost chronic, right? Mm heart issues and the asthma. If you've got asthma, there's only so long you can exercise yeah. before you get breathless. And so there's only so much you can lose. And then there was this mental block of anxiety that came with, I'm not losing it fast enough. I'm not losing it. Am I going to be this fat forever? Am I going to die? And then when you get stressed like that, it increases your cortisol level. And your cortisol level, which is the hormone in your body, prevents you from losing fat because it thinks, basically, you're being chased by a lion. Mm. It thinks something awful is happening. So it wants to save your life. So it holds on to the fat cells because it may think you may not have a meal coming because there's this something happening in your body causing this fear. So I'm going to hold on to the fat so you can survive. That's what cortisol does. And I had so much anxiety. I just held on to this anxiety and fat. I just couldn't get rid of it. And another thing too, is that with the thyroid issue, it really takes a toll on your body. Like I've, I, I just don't find it is easy to exercise like I used to. It, it, it's, it's exhausting. You're exhausting from lack of sleep because of the thyroid issue. So you really don't feel like doing anything. I mean, yeah. once upon a time, I used to bound out of bed, go and exercise, love doing it. I'd feel guilty if I didn't. I still feel guilty if I don't, but I'm not bounding out of bed and I'm not running to that gym. It really takes so much effort to get myself there every day. I still do it, but I'll tell you, it is work. It is pure work. It is. And with the thyroid, you know, it affects how you can use your arms. Yeah. Um, I found this out when all my other friends were holding their babies on their hips for a long time. And I couldn't hold my kids um, for more than a couple of minutes. And I've later found out it was because of my thyroid. That there's that. Only, yeah, there's only so much you can do with having your hands up. So when you go to the gym to do your arm exercises, when you've got thyroid problems you just don't have the stamina other people have yeah i've noticed that myself that is so true now you decided to between uh to go and get gastric sleeve surgery that was your I big did. decision so tell us how you come around to that decision yes it was my big decision but it wasn't really my decision 
it was a decision that was made for me if I wanted to be around for my kids. That was the only way out that I saw after my journey. Mm. So I said to myself, I'm going to do everything I can. And I did all the research and I know there's a stigma attached to weight loss surgery, but the results were just too compelling. And to be honest, I was running out of options. Mm. So I decided to do it initially for my family, for my kids, I could be there for them. I knew that a third stroke, I may not be so lucky. So I made the decision to have the gastric sleeve, which reduces your stomach size quite dramatically between 40 and 60%. Wow. So is there there a difference between the gastric sleeve and the lap band? Yes. So the lap band is a small band they put by your stomach that closes it up so that your stomach size is reduced. If you want the lap band replaced, you can replace it. If you want it removed, you can remove it and the stomach will go back to its original size. The gastric sleeve is permanent. They actually remove part, the lower part of the stomach. Yes. Wow, that's serious. (laughs) Absolutely, very serious and a permanent, life-changing, life-altering surgery. Wow. So had you heard the good and the bad um, prior to the surgery? I had. I did a lot of research. I'm an educator by heart, so I'm all into research. So I did research all the different types of surgeries, and I looked at statistics and data. I interviewed a lot of surgeons and ended up having uh, the surgery with a surgeon in John Hopkins, which is the best hospital basically in the US. And I did, I knew the complications, but the statistics for the complications were much lower than people talk about, right? People Mm. aren't going to talk about when it necessarily goes swimmingly well. They usually talk about oh, I heard somebody's auntie died and this person had problems. You're not going to hear about the thousands and thousands of people who do well with it Mm. as opposed to the ones that don't. So I looked at the actual data and it was minimal. And actually having things like your gallbladder out and your appendix out had higher incidence of problems than a gastric sleeve. It's um, it's funny. There's a guy I actually know here in Adelaide. I don't know him personally, but I, I, it's weird. We've been friends on Facebook for years, and he was quite a big boy, about 120 kilos, which is yeah, it's quite big for a man. Yeah. Um, now he had the lap band, I think, and he's gone down to about 90 kilos, and he's working out at the gym. And it is like looking at a different person. He looks absolutely incredible. And he is so happy. So, so happy. I can believe it. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to Ants Talk. So can you tell us about the preparation before surgery? Because I know there is preparation. So there are um, a lot of different things you have to do. You have to prepare your body. So you have to go on a very high protein um, diet plan. You have to do a liver shrinking plan, which involves a lot of liquids. 
you have to go through nutritional counseling because they don't want you to go through the surgery and then go back to any bad eating habits if you had them. And they teach you about new portion control because everything you know about portion control changes because you can only eat four ounces. So they go through a series of classes with you, support groups that you have to attend. Obviously you meet your surgeon to you know, look at your stomach because in most cases, the several hernias and other issues going on that they want to repair at the same time. And then the big, big point is doing the mental prep. So you have to meet with a psychologist to make sure that you're ready for the surgery and that you can cope with the surgery after because it's a life-changing um, procedure. Yeah. So afterwards, because I know with you, it's been around three years. Is it almost automatic for you now, normal? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. it is normal now for me. I have a completely different life, though. My life has changed in numerous ways. And I can only use the word abundance, not abundance in food, but pretty much abundance in everything else. I lost the weight. I'm happier. I don't I haven't had an asthma attack since my surgery. I can do things with my kids. We go bike riding. I can officially go zip lining because I'm under the weight requirement. Yeah. So we went zip lining in Puerto Rico. I can do anything I want. And then because of that, my confidence skyrocketed. And I tried new things professionally. Um, my income went up. And it's like I was reborn. That's incredible. I, yeah. <laughs> um, so how much weight did you end up losing? So 130 pounds in total. Wow, that's incredible. Absolutely yes. incredible. And so how long did how long did that take? That actually took about 18 months. And I did want to lose the weight relatively slowly because that's slow for sleeve time because it literally drops off you um, because I didn't want any loose skin. Right. So I don't have loose skin because I took my time with it and I took my vitamins. Yeah, that's brilliant. What advice would you offer someone who might be considering the surgery themselves? Well, I really think that if you've tried everything else like I have, start doing the research on what you really want and know that the stigma is reducing on the, on the surgery and you have to put that aside, all the stories and actually look at the data, talk to your doctor and your surgeon and see if this is something that you can do. Now, initially, you're gonna have lots of restrictions with food and even restrictions with exercise. But when you get to my stage, I can basically eat what I like in moderation, but I do eat a very healthy diet. Mm. So my eating plan is my life plan. Everybody in my house eats grilled chicken, grilled shrimp, salad, that kind of thing. All the stuff we know is healthy for us. Mm. And I just eat a very small portion of it. So if you think that you can do that with the benefit of being able to exercise and have energy every day and commit to this for a lifestyle, 
take your vitamins, drink your water, your whole life could change. And most importantly, I am not on any medication. I have no asthma attacks, even though I still carry my inhaler out of habit. I haven't had an asthma attack. So if you have high blood pressure, diabetes, pre-diabetes, and you think to yourself, well, will I be here in 10 years if I continue the way I am? Or can I commit to doing the surgery, changing my life, and getting rid of all or most of those health issues and living a way longer life than is predicted for me now? Was, and what about your thyroid out of interest? Well, that's the crazy thing. My thyroid is completely normal. Yeah, it's not. So I do, yes. And I do have it checked every six months. I do my blood work. I check my blood work for the vitamin levels as well. But yes, my thyroid is normal. That's interesting because I actually know a few people that have. I mean, I, I hate to word this, use the word cure, but really that's probably the best word, but have cured their thyroid from different things, especially one being weight loss. Yes, yes, because it's a, it's a triggering factor. Yeah. So if your weight is under control and all your systems are working perfectly fine, you're probably going to have a better chance to having your thyroid normalize and also your adrenal gland, mm. which feeds into all the issues with the thyroid. So if you're not stressed, your adrenal gland is not getting tired, you're not getting um, fatigued, chronic fatigue, that's not triggering, triggering issues with your thyroid. And then it has a chance to repair and normalize because our body is constantly 24 seven trying to repair itself. So when you had the surgery, what was, what were the wounds or how long did it take for you to get over the initial operation? So I'm um, what I would call a huge, big baby when it comes to pain. <laughs> I'm there with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I did warn my surgeon. He was like, now usually my patients need three tablets for pain. And I'm like, well, try tripling that for me because <laughs> I know I'm going to need it. So yes, I was in pain initially in the um, hospital. But one of the things I did one hour after my surgeon finished with the uh, post-surgery check is I got up and walked yeah, in so the corridor. As soon as I could do it, I did it. And then every 20 minutes and that walking triggered the healing process. Yeah, I agree with that so much. And so once I did that, I took all the precautions. And remember, this was like my birthday. Mm. This was the day I was born again. So I was going to do everything the doctor told me. So I did. From day one, I did everything. So by day three, I didn't feel pain and I was on my way to healing. I took all the water, all the protein, all the rest. And initially you can't do a lot of exercise because you're not taking as many calories in. Yeah. So you really take that time initially to heal, right? There's no pressure, no pressure to eat no pressure to exercise, you're still on liquids. And that's a time you can take mental space to heal, 
get used to your new body and your new idea of your new life. And then after that, it was just a rapid healing process. By week three, I felt like myself again, except I had energy for the first time in 15 years. Yeah, that's amazing. I, yeah. How incredible. Now, you are also tutoring others. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I am um, an educator and I teach women and men. There are some men in my group that you have to prepare for gastric surgery. Sometimes they're not sure if they should have it. So I have a mini course that I tutor um, groups of people who want to know all the options. And that's called Weigh Your Options. And, and that way they can decide if gastric surgery is for them, where I tell them exactly what is needed to prepare and exactly the outcomes. And I'm not a doctor, which is the point. I was just like them. I'm a real person, right? I'm not a nutritionalist. I don't know if you've ever met them, but they're always wonderfully skinny. <laughs> so... You know, I'm not a surgeon and I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just normal like them. So they can ask me real questions throughout the course of my tutoring courses. And I'll, I'll ask them what they want and find out what they need. And it's an honest back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so they learn the whole process and then can take that information and make their decision. And then I have a second course that I tutor called Reborn. And that's for people who have had the surgery and they want to have amazing results because you don't want to go six months down the line and then fall off mm -hmm. and start eating junk food or start drinking sodas or, you know, transfer addiction from food to alcohol or food to shopping. There's all these things involved. And so my reborn course allows people to come along the journey with me and I go with them. I literally hold their hand in whatever area they're struggling with and I'm their accountability partner. If it's exercise, and usually it's mental, it's mm. more food addiction, triggering of food cravings, that kind of thing. And I show them the tools they can use to redirect their mindset so that they can be successful. I never actually thought of that. How does alcohol, what's alcohol consumption like after? So ideally you don't actually want to drink any alcohol right? because alcohol's, Empty you know, calories. second, yeah, second um, ingredient is usually sugar of some form. Wow. Yeah. Now some people do drink after and they just drink a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a decision you have to make for yourself. Um, and of course, I found after speaking to people all over the world that some surgeons, you know, will say it's really up to you, mm. you know, and some people have been successful and maybe have a drink of wine once in a while. It's really up to you. It's you're an adult and you have to make those decisions yourself. But ideally, you just want to not have alcohol. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Um, Suzanne, I love talking to you. you. I love how you're just so 
precise about what you're saying and you you know the journey you've been on it yourself it's absolutely incredible how can people find out more about you well yeah i definitely would love to make new friends so if you want to reach out to me on instagram i am one gastric girl so that's the number one gastric girl you could also go to my website, which is gastric-girl.com. Um, I think sometimes you say in Australia, hyphen. So it's <laughs> gastric-girl.com. And um, you can go to my website and see all the information there. But I am on Instagram every day. I also have a private free Facebook group called Gastric Girl Society that you can join. I actually have a lot of Australians, a lot of Canadians, and a lot of people from the US that are members. So lots of different ways to contact me. Fantastic. Suzanne, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I'm just so happy that you found your groove. I think it's incredible. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being here. Likewise, and I'll speak to you soon. Ants talk. It's like Oprah, but not.